When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bureaucracy Podcast. So this is the, uh, if you've listened to the these things in order, this is the last of the Unit 2 stuff. Once again, Unit 2 is the largest of the units, and it covers uh, anywhere from 25 to 36% of the exam. So there's a lot of stuff in here. Uh, it's all the branches. Uh, and so this is the final one. Now, the bureaucracy is tied to the, the uh, executive. So in class, typically, I'll combine these, the uh, executive and the bureaucracy, because the president is in charge of these things. But anyways, uh, let's get rolling. So this is uh, topics 2.12, 13, 14, and uh, it is about the bureaucracy and the checks, because remember, this is the interactions uh, amongst the branches. All so the 2.12 topic, the enduring understanding, is about the federal bureaucracy implementing federal policies. And just remember, that is what they do. So Congress passes laws. The president signs off on them, and these then these things get sent off to the appropriate department or the department agents, the appropriate agency, or whatever it might be. So they get them, and then they set about implementing them, uh, however they see fit. A lot of times, uh, because sometimes the laws are going to be written, and Congress and the president doesn't give much thought to, well, this is what needs to be done to implement. So they just let the bureaucracy do their thing, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Uh, the learning objective says to explain how the bureaucracy carries out the responsibilities of the federal government. So that's what we're trying to figure out here. The essential knowledge part, there's two things. Uh, tasks performed by departments, agencies, commissions, and government corporations are represented by, and that is writing and enforcing regulations, issuing fines, testifying before Congress, and then issue networks and iron triangles. So let's unpack that first. So the tasks performed by the departments, agencies, commissions, and government corporations are represented. So first off there, let's talk about those things. The departments, that is the cabinet positions. Uh, the cabinet need to think of as the big overarching umbrella of that sector of the country. So <clears throat> Department of uh, Transportation has all those things that deal with transportation under them. So you have a head, a cabinet position, that is the Secretary of Transportation, and then you have all these different agencies that fall under that. Okay, Department of the Interior handles all the natural resources and the, the federal lands and things like that. So the big overarching theme is the Department of Interior, and then they handle all the things that deal with that, whichever agency falls into that, uh, under that department. Okay, then we've got the agencies and commissions, and both of these are independent. Okay, so you're going to, so don't get them confused is what, I'm, what I was trying to say there. Uh, you've got independent executive agencies and you've got independent regulatory commissions. With the independent part just means that both of these are pretty much going to be, while they take directives from the president, they are kind of free from the president. They get to kind of do their own thing. So the independent, and, and the best way to tell these apart, for me anyways, is the executive agencies versus the regulatory commissions. The regulatory commissions are typically going to have some kind of regulatory power. 
So that means they're going to have some thing, whatever it might be, that they're over and they get to regulate. All right. So think of the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission. They regulate the airwaves. Yeah, they want to, uh, or not want to, but they, they can dictate to TV, to radio stations, and all that kind of stuff, what they can and can't say on TV and radio. All righty. Uh, the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, they regulate stocks and stock market. Oh, that was a misstep, misspeaking. They don't regulate stocks. Yeah, they regulate stock trading. They're looking to, to protect me and you. Uh, from being taken advantage of. They're looking to stop insider trading and things like that. Okay. Um, so they regulate things. They can they can come get you. They can charge you and all that kind of stuff. Versus the independent executive agency, which isn't going to have that regulatory power. Okay. Think of NASA. Uh, NASA does all the space exploration stuff, but they don't regulate space travel. You know, you've got private citizens, private uh, companies trying to get into the space tourism. All right. That's because um, they NASA really doesn't have any say over that kind of stuff. All right. And then finally, government corporations is probably the easiest. It's just a business run by the government. Think of the Postal Service. Think of the TVA, the Tennessee Valley Authority, the damn power. And they create damn jobs and all that kind of stuff. All right. So what do they do? Let's unpack that part now. So right in enforcing regulations. So when Congress sends a bill to the president, the president signs it and becomes law. It then goes to an agency, whatever it might be. And they get to read through it. And once again, like I said, they have to figure out how to implement this thing. And so that's what those writing and enforcement regulations are going to be, is the basically the federal bureaucracies, whoever, whichever agency it is, reading through this legislation and figuring out the regulations. So <clears throat> this is why the bureaucracy is said to have some legislative powers because they get to interpret the bills. They get to interpret the laws. Uh, now, sometimes they'll get questioned, which we'll talk about later, about the oversight stuff. But uh, that's a huge power, and that's a huge deal that the bureaucracy has, or the bureaucratic agencies have, in that they get to read regulations. They get to read, I mean, not regulations. They get to read laws, and they get to interpret them and then write up the regulations as they see fit, okay? Uh, issuing fines, so that comes from those regulatory commissions, typically. Um they will find people, and, and that comes into the, the judicial part that the bureaucracy has in that they get to decide, you know, the fines and, and some of the charges and things like that. And then finally, uh, you've got the testifying before Congress. This is a check that Congress has over the bureaucracy. If the bureaucracy is not doing something that the uh, Congress likes, they always have the committees that can call in these agencies and question them and ask them, why aren't you doing this? And if they don't like their answers, then they can, you know, force the, the bureaucratic agencies to change. Maybe they write up new legislation, whatever it might be. All right, the final thing there is participating in issue networks and iron triangles. And iron triangle shows up later on uh, when we get to interest groups. But the iron triangle is just a relationship between uh, the bureaucratic agency, the committee, and the interest groups that are concerned. So think of the EPA. And then there is the environmental uh, committee, probably. And then there's all the uh, environmental groups that are out there, interest groups. And it's just a relationship that they have, the give and take, uh, the donated, donating of money and the uh, working relationship that interest groups have with the committee members, the committee members' relationships with the interest, um, with the, uh, the 
bureaucratic agencies and all those sorts of things. And then the issue networks, it's just the Iron Triangle plus you add the media to that. All right, the second essential knowledge thing for 2.12 is political patronage, civil service, and merit system reforms all impact the effectiveness of the bureaucracy by promoting professionalism, specialization, and neutrality. So uh, very quickly, don't want to spend too much time here, but we used to have a problem in this country where people would work on campaigns and then they would expect stuff from the president. A lot of times those expectations were to be named ambassador, to be named department head, to be named chief, of, whatever, whatever it was. Okay. Um, so I worked for you. I did something for you. Now you pay me back by giving me this job. That's what political patronage was. Then Garfield was killed. I'm not going to tell you the whole story there, but he was because a guy wanted a, a, a job because he had worked on the campaign and Garfield didn't give it to him. So Gar, Garfield was shot for that. Um, and Congress was like, well, we need to make some changes. And so they came up with the Pendleton Civil Service Act, which is going to create uh, the merit system, basically. Now you have to pass a civil service exam before you can get a job. Um, and in theory, you're supposed to be uh, promoted hired because of your merit, because of what you've done versus who you've worked for, you know, the favors you've done for people and things like that. Okay. All right. 2.13, 2.13 discretionary and rulemaking authority. The learning objective here says explain how the federal bureaucracy uses delegated discretionary authority for rulemaking and implementation. So this goes back to what we were talking about where the, bureaucracy gets a law, gets a bill, and they get to read through it, and they have some discretion on how they enforce it. All right, so that's what that discretionary part means. Uh, they, they're they not going to interpret it so wildly that it is completely different from Congress, but they can if they, you know, depending upon who's in charge and who reads it and things like that, they do have the ability to, to read these laws and rules and kind of go a different direction than Congress does. And so that's what, uh, what that is. Now, the essential knowledge lists several specific things, so I'm going to talk about them very quickly. Uh, homeland Security, <clears throat> Transportation, Veterans Affairs, and Education. So those are the cabinet positions. And then it gives you three agencies, the EPA, Environmental Protection, FEC, Federal Elections Commission, and the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission. And so it's just about, uh, I'm not sure why they, they listed these specific cabinet positions and agencies. You know, there's tons of them. Um, and I don't, I don't think that on the test you're going to have to like know Homeland Security and know any super specifics about it. Just understand that these agencies, these cabinet positions, they get things from Congress, from the president. They get directives, they get orders, they get the laws, and they get to interpret Okay, Homeland Security, trying to protect people. <clears throat> Here's a bill uh, that's going to protect people. They get to interpret it. They get to make kind of the guidelines up. I don't say as they go, but they get to, to kind of write them down and implement them that way. All right. Uh, EPA, they get to interpret the environmental laws that are out there uh, and do kind of what they want with them. So uh, once again, I, I've never gotten a good answer as to why they've listed these specific things. And no one's ever come back and said, well, you know, there was a specific question about the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, so I don't think there's going to be that kind of stuff. Just know they have that discretionary rulemaking authority. 
All right, 2.14, holding the bureaucracy accountable. So there's two learning objectives here. The first one says to explain how Congress uses its oversight power in its relationship with the executive branch. And the two pieces of essential knowledge here are oversight and methods used by Congress to ensure that legislation is implemented as intended are represented by committee hearings and power of the purse. So let's talk about those two things first. So as we've said a couple of times now, the bureaucratic agencies, they have the power, they have the authority to read a rule, to read a law and make regulations. Okay. If Congress does not like what they are doing or how they're implementing something, they can call them in and question them and they can ask them about that law, about those particular regulations, about why they're enforcing it the way they're enforcing it. All right. And depending upon their answers, you know, Congress has a couple of things. They can force the bureaucratic agency to rewrite the regulations. You know, they can give them some clarification. This isn't how we see it. Uh, you know, the way you wrote it up, the, the regulations up, we don't see it that way. We think you should be doing this, this, and this. Um, you know, there could be uh, losing funding, you know, based on your answers. Um, that, I mean, all kinds of stuff can happen. No one, no bureaucratic agents want to go before Congress. It's it's not something that they, they look forward to. Um, and so those are the committee hearings, okay? And, and, and that's never going to take place in the full Congress. It'll always be in the committees. Uh, and then the other one is the power of the purse. And this is a big one because they control the money, right? Congress is the one that's, at, at the end of the day, Congress is the one that is going to uh, handle the checks, all right? The president gets to make recommendations about the budget, but at the end of the day, it's Congress that'll you know, finalize the, the, the checks that get cut. And so that's a big deal. You know, if Congress doesn't like you, if they don't like your answers from their oversight hearing, then maybe they take some money away from you. Or if they don't think you're doing what they're, if they don't think that you as a bureaucratic agency are doing what you're supposed to, hey, let's take some money away. All right. So the power of the purse is a huge thing. Uh, the second part there is as a means to curtail the use of presidential power, congressional oversight serves as a check of executive authorization and appropriation. So once again, um, this is the interactions of the branches. And so, you know, this is kind of the president and Congress fighting over some stuff here. Uh, but in that oversight, they always have the ability to, to call into question what the executive branch, what the president is doing, you know, because they're in charge of these things. They're um, in charge of uh, all the cabinet positions, all the agencies, and in theory, they're the boss. And so if something's happening that they don't like, they can always question the president. Uh, and once again, the president doesn't control the money. That is Congress. All right. All right. The second learning objective says to explain how the president ensures that executive branch agencies and departments carry out their responsibilities in concert with the goals of the administration. So um, the two essential knowledge pieces here. First one says presidential ideology, authority and influence affect how executive branch agencies carry out the goals of the administration. So the department heads are going to be the president's people. Okay, you know, the president gets to pick the, the cabinet positions. There's new people every time a new president comes in and all that kind of stuff. So they're they are those their people. The problem that presidents run into is when you get lower down and maybe you have a, a agent, uh, someone who's been around the bureaucracy for the past 30 years and been through several presidents and you know, just isn't loyal to you or doesn't want to listen to you or doesn't agree with your ideology or whatever it might be. So there can be some issues and some problems there. Um, now, they're not going to go out 
like in a movie, to sabotage a presidency through the bureaucracy. It's just probably not going to happen. Um, but it could be an issue, all right, where you have people, and especially if there's enough people, that don't agree with your politics, that don't agree with your ideology, that don't agree with you as a person uh, to carry out those policies. And then the final one there, compliance monitoring can pose a challenge to policy implementation. So what does that mean there? Compliance monitoring, basically, who's watching the agencies, you know, Who's watching the, the 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 agencies implement this stuff? Because there's, I mean, I don't even know how many agencies there are and how many millions of people work for them. It's almost impossible for the president and their people to watch every single agency. So it leads to some problems. Finally, 2.15, policy in the branches of government. So the learning objective here says to explain the extent to which governmental branches can hold the bureaucracy accountable given the competing interests of Congress, the president, and the federal courts. And then the essential knowledge part says to formal and informal powers of Congress, the president, and the courts over the bureaucracy are used to maintain its accountability. Bottom line here, what are some of the checks? Uh, so Congress has a couple of big ones, okay? They have the oversight, which we've talked about. That can lead to some serious changes. They control the purse, Okay. Uh, they are able to control the money uh, coming into and out of, well, not out of, but control the money that goes into your, your agency. Those are the two big ones. Uh, they can also rewrite legislation. So if a bureaucratic agency is doing something that Congress does not like, they can always just write up a new piece of legislation that's going to completely change and alter uh, the, the, uh, the agency. Okay. They also, um, I mean, in a, they create these things, they create the agencies for the most part. Uh, they can also get rid of them. All right. So Congress can do that. Those are the big ones. All right. The president really doesn't have as much. Now they are the boss. And so they're, they're supposed to be, you know, the ones in charge uh, and they get to pick most of the department heads. So that's a big one. Uh, they have a somewhat of a say so in the money, but once again, Congress is the end all be all there because they're the ones that have to finalize it. But the president can make recommendations for the budget. All right. Um, those are the big ones. You know, from there, they're going to have to be reliant on the people they put in place to run the departments as they see fit. Uh, the judicial branch, the federal courts, you know, they get to make rulings on, on some of the regulations that the agencies are, are doing. Um, I just saw this morning. I didn't really read the article too much, but it was something about, I think it was a case, West Virginia versus the U.S., and it dealt with some of the coal regulations, and so the Supreme Court is going to be making some uh, decisions on um, the federal government's ability to stop plants and uh, factories and things like that from using some of the coal. Uh, don't quote me on that. It's something to do with that. Basically, what I'm trying to say here is the Supreme Court made a ruling that is going to affect the EPA's ability to control pollutants from factories and things like that. I'm not sure the specifics of it, but that's what we're getting at there. So the courts have that power and ability, too, to kind of take away some of the powers that uh, the bureaucratic agencies have. All right, guys, that is the uh, bureaucracy. Oh, let me throw one other thing in there real quick. Uh, the Hatch Act, this is supposed to stop bureaucratic agents from taking part in politics within their job. So they're not supposed to try and influence uh, elections and things like that in their job. 
All right. Uh, so that should do it. If you have questions, concerns about this uh, unit, please reach out to me uh, through email. You know, my Yahoo account is Coach D underscore 1977 at yahoo.com. Uh, feel free to email me at the school email, which is on my e-class page. Um, your remind text is always an option. I'll pretty responsible on there. Uh, social media, K Daniels, um, APGov, feel free to get me there. I'll respond back, C-H-H-S, gov underscore civics. I'll respond there as well. So uh, there's no excuse to not get a hold of me and make me answer your questions. All right, guys, take care, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.